0: Phoenix Audio presents. Endangered Species by Nevada Bar. Black and blood-warm water slammed into Anna's back, rushing over her shoulders and down the front of her shirt. Closing her eyes against the salt sting, she clung to the turtle's carapace and concentrated on keeping her footing as the wave dragged against her legs, sucking the sand from beneath her sneakers. There was little the turtle couldn't handle in the sea. It was land, that unfamiliar and ever-changing universe that had baffled her. For miles she'd swum from God knew where to lay her eggs on the beach of Cumberland Island, one of the Golden Isles off the coast of Georgia. In her tiny brain, or perhaps her great heart, instinct had programmed a map with such precision that out of thousands of miles of coastline, she'd found her way back to this narrow ribbon of sand. Anna ducked as another wave broke across her shoulders and embraced the animal hard against her. Between drenchings, Anna could hear the delighted cries of park rangers, volunteers, and researchers celebrating the renewed cycle of this threatened species. Over the past hours, since she'd been drafted into the turtle midwifing business, Anna had received a crash course in the reproductive habits of the loggerhead. In an ideal world, they made their way up onto the beach, above high tide, dug a nest, laid the eggs, and buried them. Their role in the universe completed, they returned to the sea, and it was presumed never looked back until four or five years rolled by, and they again felt the urge to come home to nest. The turtle Anna danced with in the crashing surf could not negotiate the sand cliff and was exhausting herself with the effort. Too tired to fight any longer, she was giving up. Dear Lord, she's laying, give me your hat, came the exasperated cry near Anna's ear. The words were carried on a gust of foul-smelling air. For an instant, Anna thought she'd shoved her face too near the east end of the westbound turtle. When she realized it was Marty Schlesinger's breath, she began to believe the rumors that the biologist ate roadkill. By the moon's clear light, she could see Marty Schlesinger's face inches from her own. Long hair worn in pigtails like an aging pippy long stockings fell in white ropes across the loggerhead's shell. Hat, hat! Hat! Schlesinger growled. Anna snatched off her baseball cap and poked it into the biologist's groping fingers. Hold her, Schlesinger ordered. Unlike many sea turtles, the loggerhead's egg-laying machinery was recessed beneath the rear of its shell, and Anna could not see the eggs. By the ecstatic chirps percolating from the biologist, she guessed the laying was a success. Okay, I guess that's the lot. Let her down. Gently. Gently. Anna couldn't unlock any part of her body. Can't, she said finally. Oh, for Christ's sake. With the next wave, Schlesinger eased the weight of the turtle from the tripod Anna had made of her body. At least you can hold these. The biologist proffered Anna her National Park Service cap. It was full of leathery orbs a little larger than golf balls. Cooing, the biologist turned the massive turtle back toward the sea and watched her shining shell till the ocean took her. "'Fun's over,' she said curtly. Time to get to work.' Oddly, Anna felt invigorated. The magic of the turtle egg she carried was seeping into her tired bones. Slopping sand and water with every step, she squished up the darkened beach after Marty Schlesinger. Just above the high tide line, Schlesinger stopped, locked folded arms across her chest, and surveyed the dunes between the water and the tangle of oak and palmetto that choked the interior of the island. This'll do, Schlesinger said, and dropping on all fours began to dig like a dog after a particularly tasty bone. On Cumberland Island, just over a week, and already Anna knew all about the marine biologist. To be more precise, she knew all the gossip. The residents of Cumberland granted Marty Schlesinger the status usually reserved for witches and mad scientists. In her mid-fifties, she lived in a ramshackle house she'd inherited when widowed some 15 years before. Eccentricity made Schlesinger well-suited to Cumberland Island National Seashore. Once a vacation home for the very rich, Cumberland had been privately owned until the early 1970s when 18,000 acres of the 20,000-acre island was deeded over to the federal government to be preserved as a national park. Cumberland was in the midst of a drought. The palmetto that carpeted much of the island would burn hot and fast if ever ignited. Firefighters from the National Park Service had been housed on the island in a pre-suppression capacity for the past ten weeks.